episode of the podcast on Fifth Ave. It was a pretty busy week in the hockey world. Not only did the Stanley Cup Finals begin, which we'll touch on in the second segment, but the player awards were voted on and announced this past Tuesday. So Taylor, why don't you give us a rundown of everything that happened in that uh, award ceremony? Yeah, I mean, well, the ceremony itself was kind of awkward. I, I, I feel like... The NHL awards are always like a little cringy with the jokes and stuff like that. And Keenan Thompson was pretty good. I really liked that they had, um, you know, some of the presenters they had come out. Um, there's like, remember the Kraken fan who noticed the the mole that was like cancerous on the back of, like yeah. the two of them, like like and um, presented. And then like uh, Chris Snow, the assistant GM of the Flames, who has ALS, he presented with his family. All of that was really wow. cool. Some of like the skits were just like a little cringy, but I feel like that's to be expected. But um, <laughs> I mean, like it was a shorter ceremony. It wasn't how they normally do it. Um, like maybe half the awards, the smaller ones, were announced um, in the weeks leading up to this. the The voting mm-hmm. was done before the the playoffs started, so um, we're just kind of figuring out the results. But yeah, we can go through. I, at least like the key uh, winners uh, of the award. Yeah, let's do it. Where Penguins players finished in the voting. I, I know there's mm-hmm. some controversy, <laughs> like, well, at least with fans. I, I, I say Penguins yeah. fans getting mad. Nothing new there, but um, Never. I, I, the biggest one, so the heart, um, you know, the MVP to his team. Uh, Austin Matthews won that, kind of no surprise. Um, McDavid and Shesterkin were the, were the runners up. Um, I voted for Shesterkin for this, I, and so looking at the full tally, um, 15 different players received votes. Um, no Penguins players received votes for the for the heart for for MVP. Now this is the one that I've seen Penguins fans mad about on like Twitter because Cro- so Crosby didn't get any votes for the heart. Do you, what do you what do you think? Do you think Crosby should have gotten? I don't know. It was such a weird season because so many players were in and out of the lineup with injuries. It's like even Crosby, it's, it would have been really difficult to justify voting for any Penguins player as MVP, like worthy of being most valuable to his team out of any other team in the league. Like they, they had a very bizarre season and they ended up, doing a lot better than everybody thought they were going to do. But at the same time, like guys like Evan Rodriguez carried the team early in the season. And then as players kept getting healthy, it was kind of like hit or miss. I don't, I don't necessarily think that that was the wrong move. Like I, there was no one particular play. I mean, like Sid was playing really well in the playoffs, but that's not taken into consideration into this voting so i i think that eh, yeah it it doesn't surprise me that there weren't any penguins who received any votes because there it was so fluid this season none of them really were the consistent mvp to the team i don't know that that's my thought that, i mean that was my thought process too for not giving you know crosby a vote you know the way we vote we you pick 5 you you vote for 5 he wasn't mm-hmm. he wasn't one of my 5 um and just kind of like you said, there were so many depth players who stepped up. I mean, Crosby, he missed, what, around like 15 games between COVID yeah. um, and then, you know, the injury to start the season coming back from his surgery. And they did really well in those games without him. That's not to say that, you know, they were better without right. him. But it's like 
I think people see the heart and they mistake it as like a, like a best player award. And that, that's not what it is. That's mm. not the Ted Lindsay is the best player. The players vote on that. This is most valuable to his team. Um, yeah. And you know, when they're doing that well uh, without him and you know, he, um, Gensel led the team in goals. He and Gensel both let, tied in points. It's it just hard to justify that he was more yeah. valuable to the Penguins than, you know, some of these other guys were. I mean, like Shosturkin. I voted for Shosturkin because right. if the Rangers don't have Shosturkin, they're probably not making playoffs. Cooked. Um, yeah. You know, and same, you know, like McDavid. McDavid, you know, finished second. You know, like Drysaddle doing well mm-hmm. hurts McDavid for the, for the heart because then you can say, like, how valuable is McDavid? I mean, McDavid is also obviously very valuable to his team. But yeah. Dreisaitl being as good as he is. Grand scope, yeah. It kind of hurts McDavid mm-hmm. and, you know, this. So that's why. I, I, But, yeah, I know Penguins fans were, I don't know, like my replies, like, oh, Crosby was, like, disrespected. It's like, I don't I, – I, mm, looking no. at, like, yeah, the field, it's hard to justify him being, you know, like the top five here. So, um Ted Lindsay, yeah. I mentioned Matthews um, won that, so he was MVP and the best player. Roman Yossi and McDavid were the were the finalists. That and it, since that's voted on by the NHLPA, not the writers, we don't have the, the full yeah. results, so I don't, we don't know. Um, the the closest one was probably the Norris for top defenseman. Um, Makar and Yossi were. I mean, everyone knew going into this, it was going to be one of them. It was a very yeah. narrow margin. Kale McCarr won it. Um, Roman Yossi actually had more first place votes. He had 98 first place votes. McCarr had um, 92 first place votes, but just like the point total, okay. the distribution, McCarr barely, uh, you know, edged out Yossi. What do you think? McCarr mm. expected? Yeah, I. I was expecting him to win, and I would have been shocked if he didn't. Not that Roman Yossi isn't deserving of that kind of an award but I think that this season Kale McCarr was just far and away the top tier defenseman in the league and just even watching him in the finals which again we'll get to like he's just he is so skilled and so intelligent like he he is just an all-around incredible hockey player and he deserved to win that award so I think that that was well earned on his part and not surprising that it was close, but definitely he he deserved to win that Le- one. Latang finished uh, seventh. He had eighteen fourth place votes and nineteen fifth place votes. I I didn't have Latang in my ballot, um, I, but yeah, I don't know. I guess cool to see him finish seventh. I don't know if I would have yeah. put him seventh there. Like, it was really kind of a big drop off after Ricard and Yossi. Um, yeah, but um. Calder, uh, Marie Sider with Detroit, it, it, the runaway favorite. Everyone kind of knew it was going to be mm-hmm. uh, him. He had 170 first place votes out of 195, just oh like God. not <laughs> close at all. Trevor Zegras uh, was the runner up. Michael Bunting was was third. Um, Michael Bunting, I think, if you look at you know the seasons the rookies actually had, I think Michael Bunting had a better season than Zegras. Um, Michael Bunting mm-hmm. is also like 26 years old, and I know a lot of people didn't want to vote for him because of that. Um, mm. Because you know, guys like Cider Zegers, very young. Michael Bunting, I mean, he, he was in the minors right. for a couple of years, and um, 
I mean, uh, and not surprisingly, no, no penguins receive those for the calendar because yeah, <laughs> uh, who who was you know, there? Yeah, <laughs> who didn't had a really good one game? <laughs> you know, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, Vesna, Vesna is one that another one that the writers don't vote on. This is uh, voted on by the GMs. No surprise, uh, Shesterkin won that one uh, out of thirty-two yeah. votes. Uh, votes he had. 29 of the first place votes. They were just like not even close. Um, other first place votes yeah. went to Anderson, Vasilevsky, and Sorokin, probably from their own okay. GMs. You have to figure, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, Tristan oh Jari finished tied for seventh. Nine different goalies received votes. He um, finished tied for seventh. He received one third hmm. place vote, which I, I don't know. I assume it's Hextall, right? <laughs> Probably. It would have to be. Who else would even think to vote Yeah, it just was probably like Ron Hextall being a good guy, given Jari, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So Jari's seventh for the for the Vesna. Um, the Selkie is another one where Penguins players received uh, votes. Obviously, um, the best defensive forward, Patrice Bergeron. They might as well mm-hmm. just like rename this award after Patrice Bergeron. It feels like every year Seriously. it's not even close. <laughs> um, he was on like so of the of the ballot. He was on every single ballot. You know, some of these awards there are guys where you know the winner might not be on every single person's ballot. Every mm-hmm. person voted for Bergeron in at least you know at least some capacity. Um, okay. The Penguins. So looking at there were um, thirty eight different forwards to receive votes here. Um, Crosby. And Rodriguez are both tied for thirty fourth. Um, each received oh. one fifth place vote. Now, like who is voting for Evan Rodriguez? I saw that and like okay, it has to be yeah. someone from Pittsburgh being a little goofy. Um, no, I looked up. You know the there was like the actual ballots are made public. The Evan Rodriguez vote came from a Vancouver writer. Um, the oh. Crosby vote came from a Boston writer. So, like, we did, I mean, again, I didn't have him on mine. Um, and I think people look at people. This was another one I know Penguins fans are mad about because they're like, oh, what, Crosby's like the 34th best defensive forward? No, we're not ranking the top 30 or so. We're, we're only picking five. And if he's outside of the five, it's really just kind of a crapshoot yeah. after that because you have different right. writers from different teams, you know cities you know putting like their guy like fourth or fifth or whatever yeah and it's all based on the the yeah. season not players as a whole it's how they performed throughout the past season and I think that that's something else that people don't want to acknowledge whenever they go on Twitter and get really angry it's like this isn't this isn't overall this is just looking at cumulative their performance and that's how they're voted on and that's okay and sometimes guys aren't always going to be in that top five spot yeah looking at my I pulled up my ballot I mean I had Bergeron first obviously Barkov second um Lindholm third I feel like those three are pretty easy Anthony Sorelli a a, a really good um defensive forward Mm -hmm. for Tampa and we we are seeing that in the finals too obviously this was done before the finals um and then my fifth was uh Kopitar um I, I guess, you know, Crosby would have gone in the fifth spot, but again, it's like, it, it, it doesn't really matter uh, who, yeah, it, it's fifth, not at all. you know, um, 
a couple other ones. King Clancy, that's like the leadership off the ice and humanitarian award. PK Subban got that. Um, th- this is one where teams nominate a player. Um, they're it's voted on by the like NHL executives, so like we don't have the results. The, the, the Penguins mm-hmm. nominee was Brian Russ, which I couldn't tell you one specific thing he did in the community. Um, yeah, that name was not the one I was expecting. Not that I was really expecting any, but that one just seems like oh, yeah. I okay. mean, that guys all do different kinds of like you know donations mm-hmm. stuff like that, but. Uh, the Penguins weren't going to win this one. Um, Jack Adams, yeah. uh, Daryl Sutter won it. Um, Mike Sullivan finished eighth. So this one is voted on by the broadcasters. Um, so Mike Sullivan got two first place votes. I don't know. Is that like just mirrors and airy? <laughs> um, you know, oh and gosh. then he got uh, three second place votes. Like, is that just like the Penguins, you know, broadcasters? I don't know. Oh um, I feel uh. like. That's a shame. Yeah, I he should have for sure finished higher higher than eighth because again you look mm-hmm. at you know Crosby, Malkin, and those guys. I think they're getting so much yeah. out of these these depth players. You have to give Sullivan some credit mm-hmm. for that, right? Yeah, and it I feel like that has happened the past couple of years where there have been like really critical injuries to star players early in the season and the penguins start really really well and then the stars come back and everybody forgets what happened at the beginning of the season and what mike sullivan had to do to get the penguins where they were to even be competing for a playoff spot once that time comes i think that people just have such short-term memory that they they're blinded by the the big names in the locker room and when those guys come back they're like oh well if if this guy had Sidney Crosby on his team, he'd be going to the playoffs every year too. It's like, yeah, uh, mm, but look at, look at the first half of the season, what he had to deal with. And then even in the second half of the season, like he, he always deserves better than he gets in that voting. And ultimately these awards are kind of like, ah, whatever. Like I, I think these guys would much rather be where Colorado and Tampa are right now than talking about awards but at the same time as a spectator it's frustrating to see a coach get the kinds of results out of depth guys like Sullivan consistently gets and then have him be eighth in the voting like that just that just seems like not not great yeah great um the mark messier leadership award so this award it's um i mean it's messier's award he is the only voter (laughs) it just he picks the guy (laughs) i mean like he takes suggestions from like different league personnel but at the end it's just like whatever mark messier wants they get a trophy (laughs) kopitar got it kopitar got it this year hard to argue with i mean there are no runner-ups to just mark messier picking his favorite guy I don't yep. know. I mean, not much to talk about with this one, but I don't know. Should there be other awards like that, or just like one former play, like the Henrik Lundqvist style award, something like that? Just that would be awesome. I would love to see the that. Paul Bissonnette like off ice performance trophy, where he just picks like the yep. coolest guy off the ice. Yep, and you really can't argue with it, and that, and you're just kind of <laughs> like, oh, okay, cool. Like just another. I think that would be way more fun to to watch than like the NHL trying to put on this weird sketch type show to announce these awards like give us 
give us some more former players just shooting, you know, shooting the breeze, basically. Like, we just, yeah, like, especially the entertaining ones, like Paul Bissonnette. Like, I would, I would love to see who he would pick to be anything, really, at the end of the season. I, I would love that. Um, not, not many others worth talking about. So the, the Masterton, everyone knew this is going to be, I mean, this is, you know, perseverance, sports, sportsmanship, dedication to hockey. I think everyone knew that this was going to come down to Carey Price and Kevin Hayes. Um, both of them dealing with, you know, pretty serious injuries, but then Carey Price also dealing with, you know, the substance abuse and working back from that. Kevin Hayes obviously lost his brother. Um, but like Brian Boyle finished one, two, three, four, um, six. And like Brian Boyle did not play last year. And then he comes back from that and he finishes sixth in the dedication mm-hmm. perseverance. Like the runner up after, after Price and Hayes, it's uh Chara, and then after Chara gets laughed, you know who they get the. We talked about this one. Mm-hmm. This is one that was announced earlier. They got those votes for being old. Chara and gets yeah. off persevered yep. through a couple of extra rotations around the sun. What an inspiration! Brian Boyle did that yeah. too. <laughs> he just also didn't play last year. But Chara's a couple years older, so yeah. Oh, well, <laughs> just like that's so. It's also. It's I know. Such a I can't joke sometimes. Like I can't. Uh, he got. I, I. I mean, I voted for him third. I don't think Brian Boyle should have been above like Price and Hayes. But how does he not get third? Yeah. Um, it's an outrage. Lady Bing. That went to Kyle Connor. Mm-hmm. This is. I don't think we should be voting on the Lady Bing. That's like the gentlemanly conduct award. And how do I how know? know? <laughs> All we're doing is looking at like the the penalty minutes and picking a guy who doesn't have a lot, but is also like a good player and preferably like an okay person too. I voted for Kyle Connor. Kyle Connor could be like the biggest jerk down there, like running his mouth, and I wouldn't know, like you know, right? But so <laughs> I don't know. That's one that I think the players should vote on. Uh, the, yeah, the last that one, it's like the the All Star teams. Um, Crosby, you know, he finished ninth among centers. Again, that's not saying he's the ninth best center, but this is one where we only get to make three picks if he's not in your top three. Yeah. Four people had him third. I didn't have him third. Um, uh, okay. left wing. So the, the top three were Gaudreau, Huberto, and Kaprizov. I mean, get, I saw Penguins fans mad that Gensel wasn't in there, but like, I wasn't, I don't know who oh you bump God. off for Gensel. Um, goalie Tristan Jari finished tied for 11th. Um, he got one third place vote, tied with uh, Tuka Rask, who like didn't play this year. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) I don't know who was given Tristan Jari third place vote. And then, uh, defense the rankings are pretty much the same as the Norris because the same thing, you know, Chris Letang finished seventh. So that's that. No penguins, really, not much to talk about, but I don't know who. That's okay. It was a team effort this year. That's that's really all what it came down to is nobody really stood out because everybody had to step up, and that's fine. Some years are just yeah. like that. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I did, the only penguin anywhere in my ballot was Boyle third for the Masterton. I just – no one individual stands out. That's I don't think that's disrespecting Sidney Crosby or Evan Rodriguez. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> it's – it's no disrespect. Yeah, it's just there are a lot of good candidates around the league. Yeah. 
Well, interesting stuff. Some of it makes sense. Some of it doesn't, but that's okay. Why don't we take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll talk about the Stanley Cup Finals. So it was before game one of the Stanley Cup finals. And today is also Wednesday when we're recording and it will be before game four of the Stanley Cup finals. But as of right now, we have watched three games in this matchup of the Avs and the Lightning. And it has definitely not disappointed so far in all three games the home ice team has had the advantage uh, handedly. Colorado took the first two and then Tampa took game three at home. And it has been a lot of fun to watch. Oh my God, it's been incredible. I like the fact that Tampa kind of ran away with game three the way that they did was a bit, um, it, it felt like kind of a turn of the tide in the series because even in the first period of game three, Colorado was sort of like dominating. And then once Tampa uh, took control, they never really looked back, but it's man. uh, I'm, I'm a little bit speechless thinking back. I haven't seen all of each of the games, but I've seen most of each of the Mm -hmm. games and I'm just, I'm impressed by the talent and the speed of the abs. And I'm very impressed by the resiliency of the lightning and it's just been crazy and I'm not sure what to expect in game four tonight, but I'm sure it's going to be good. What have been your takeaways throughout this series so far? Yeah. Tampa bouncing back in game three was one of the biggest things. Cause I think, I, I think going into the series, I think both of us picked Colorado in seven. Yeah. I know after watching the first two games, you know, Colorado winning, I'm like, Oh, they might sweep this because yeah. you know, Tampa Going back, you know, the, their last two runs, too, they all they haven't always had good game ones, but they typically do bounce back in game two. If they yeah. Obviously, you know, they did go down um, uh, 0-2 to the Rangers and then came back, mm-hmm. but typically they don't have those two bad games in a row. Right. And, I mean, the first game is close, but then, you know, game two, they lost 7 nothing. Mm-hmm. The Avs put seven past Vasilevsky. And yeah. you know, when I saw that, you know, it's not that, you know, you know, you expect Tampa to bounce back and get the win, but even if they don't, you don't expect them to lose that bad. And you look at, you know, yeah. like the shots on goal, the shot attempts, and like the heat map, and Tampa wasn't in it at all. It wasn't, mm-hmm. you know, it, it it was just so, out, you know, unmatched. And then, I mean, yeah, again, seven pass Vasilevsky, insane. And I think, you know, wild. letting in seven goals in a Stanley Cup final game would rattle any other goalie other than Andre Vasilevsky and then mm-hmm. over Vasilevsky to come back and in, in, in game three and have such a great performance. Um, right. I think yeah, that resiliency stands out and that's when we're seeing, you know, this, uh, the experience and of this Tampa team, you know, that they've been there. Yeah. As often as they have, that they are able to come back from a seven, nothing mm-hmm. loss and then have a really decisive win in game three. So It'll be interesting to see, yeah, again, where it goes from here, because it's what they say. It's not really like a series until you lose one at home. Um, yep. 
I, I don't know. I, so now I, after the first two games, I was like, dang, Colorado's going to sweep this. And then now mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, it's going to go like six or seven. Uh, but it's yeah. a fun series. So fun. And looking back at the past two Stanley Cup finals matchups, like Dallas, eh. Uh, Montreal, eh. Like, <laughs> Tampa has not really – and I keep I keep thinking this, but then I realize, like, okay, I can say Tampa hasn't played a team like this Avalanche team yet, but this Avalanche team is, like, something else. So not very many teams have played a team like this unless they've played the Avalanche like they are right now. And it's, it really is going to be interesting to see where it goes from here. And I keep thinking back to the 2017 Stanley cup finals where the penguins took the first two at home and then looked really bad on the road in Nashville. And then as soon as they got back to Pittsburgh, they clinched the series with that game five win and then just took it, took it over in game six. So it, you just never know the way that this kind of thing is going to take a turn. Mm-hmm. And it's really hard to say with the game tonight being in Tampa as well, if if that's a, if we're going to see if that was like a turning point in the series or if it's just these are two really evenly matched teams who do well at home. And yeah. I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to the game tonight. I, it's just been so much – it's – been incredible hockey like it's so much skill so much scoring so much good goaltending like on both ends of the ice like because because for Darcy Kemper to get a shutout that was a big deal too like because that was sort of both of our hesitation in picking Colorado was like okay well yeah they're a way better team but they don't have Andre Vasilevsky in net and it all kind of comes down to the type of goaltending that goaltending that they're going to get from whoever it is that's starting in net. And it, up until game three, it was looking pretty good. So it it just feels like this is one of those series that's very up in the air right now and yeah. really could go either way. Yeah, and we're seeing, you know, like unlikely guys step up too, like uh, Burakovsky, not that he's a bad mm-hmm. player, but I mean uh, – the game, the overtime game winner in game one, and then he had two goals in game two. I don't think anyone mm-hmm. saw uh, him stepping up like nope. that. And, you know, these the Col- these Colorado guys, there aren't many players on the team who have been to a cup final or have won. And Burkhoff, yeah. he is someone who has. He won with the Caps. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what kind of, you know, unlikely heroes we see uh, step up. I'd love to see Jack Johnson, you know, have – a pivotal moment, whether it be a goal or I, I don't know, something like that would just be cool. I think it's a good story for him um, getting here. I did also see he just graduated college uh, after. Oh, did he? Yeah, from from okay. Michigan. You know, he said because obviously he hasn't been on teams that have had playoff runs or even mm-hmm. before coming to the Penguins, like even making it to the playoffs very often. So he said he's been able to do a lot of uh, spring courses online. Um, nice. Well, good for him. He said it's taken, I mean, like 12 years since he left college. Um, he said normally after 12 years, guys are, or people are doctors after 12 years of school, but it's taken oh a long time. So Jack Johnson, he has a degree looking to get a cup. Um, I'd, I'd yeah. I'd I'd like I'd like to see Colorado uh, win just for the story, I, but then that also means Corey Perry would have lost three straight Stanley Cup Finals. That sucks for him. 
I know. I can't imagine. I mean, Yikes. he's the first guy to go to three cup finals with three different teams since um, uh, Marion Hossa. Cause yeah. With the Penguins and then the Red Wings. So yeah. And then the Blackhawks, right? Yeah, he lost twice yeah. and then he, he won the third time. So I don't know if we're going to see another Hossa situation where Perry you know, finally gets it done. Yeah. <laughs> I think Perry has won before, but um, yeah. Or if he's going to lose three in a row, that would that's, that'd be awful. That would be awful for him. But I really want this Avs team to win. I, I hope they win it all. It would be way more exciting, I think, for at least anybody who's outside of Tampa to to watch them win it. That's eh. Yeah, I don't know. You, you see this kind of like maps of like where each, you know, what each state is rooting for. And it's like, no, no one's pulling for Tampa. I don't think nobody. Yeah. Um, I mean, it would be cool to see, you know, uh, a dynasty because I, I mean, I don't know if you'd call them a dynasty now, but if they win three in a row, for sure, a dynasty. It would be yeah. cool to see that. But uh, I, I think more people want to see Colorado win. Yeah. Nobody, nobody ever cheers for a dynasty if they're not part of the town. But if you do see it, you're like, okay, that's cool. But yeah, nobody's nobody's pulling for that before it happens. We go Colorado, go. This it would be four in a row for Pat Maroon too if they win. Oh my god, he's the dynasty. He's really the legend. <laughs> he really is. I, 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 insane. But insane. Reverse Corey Perry. Yeah, we're gonna see cool things, cool stories like that either way. Yeah, it's so much fun. Yeah, game four. Tonight, by the time you're listening to this, that will have already happened. So we'll see. We'll see what goes down. But either way, it'll be a good game. Why don't we take one more break? We'll be right back. We are back. The Penguins made another announcement this week. They named Tina Murray the Senior Vice President of Integrated Performance. That is pretty awesome. Taylor, I know you have some information on what that means for the team, what that role is, and then kind of like some background on Tina Murray as well, because that's that's just a really cool story there. Yeah, so uh, she's going to oversee the team's strength and conditioning staff, rehabilitation, uh, sports science, and medical staff. So, I, you know, this is... A, a new role um, they created for her coming in. And I don't know, given the number of injuries, you know, the Penguins have had, especially the specific, yeah. you know, the core muscle, that kind of stuff. It'll, it'll be nice to have someone step in and kind of, you know, monitor all these kinds, kinds of things and how they, all these different departments work together and hopefully try to get, you know, the injuries down because they've had, you know, yeah. they lead in man games lost every year. So um and she she has a very lengthy resume she says she's coming to the penguins from the uh sacramento kings of the nba she was the um their vice president of health and performance last four years or you know same kind of thing she deals with strength and conditioning um analytics was a big part of it performance medicine mental health and performance psychology Mm -hmm. she was big on there too but i mean she does have a hockey background um so, I mean, before before the NBA, she spent 14 years as the director of sport performance for the University of Louisville. Um, and her hockey background, she was, you know, a strength and conditioning coach or consultant for um, a number of teams, including uh, University of Connecticut, Cornell, 
um, the Ducks, Hartford Wolfpack, AHL, mm. the Florida Panthers. Um, and she was the director of performance for the U.S. women's national team from uh, 06 Dang. to 2010. So, I mean, in that span, won two world championship gold medals and Olympic silver medal. So, um, and then, I mean, educational background. She has a degree in uh, biology from a university in Canada, a uh, degree in education from Queen's University in Canada, master's in exercise physiology and sport nutrition from UNC Greensboro. Um, and she completed a leadership program at uh, Northwestern. So, Dang. Very lengthy resume. She does come from a hockey family. Um, her uncles are longtime NHL coach and GM Brian Murray and longtime NHL player and coach Terry Murray. So you know, she ha- she's worked in a bunch of different levels, collegiate, yeah. internationally, you know, basketball, but then also lengthy hockey background. Mm-hmm. It seems like a great hire on the Penguins' part, especially given their struggles the past couple of years. Yeah, that is super exciting. And the fact that they're uh, kind of acknowledging that they've had a problem with that, as opposed to just kind of like crossing their fingers and carrying on and hoping that the injuries just stop. Like, <laughs> that that's exciting and really hopeful for them as a team that maybe they can kind of get some of that stuff under control because it did feel like it has felt like for the better part of the last three to four seasons it's every single game somebody's going out with something that you can't you can't even pinpoint like what happened there like Casey DeSmith in the playoffs it was like what he nothing literally nothing happened and now he's having core surgery so uh, yeah a lot I mean a lot of these injuries are you know fluky things that you know so it's not anything that you can fault anyone for like they're training or like Brian, yeah. Brian Dumoulin crashing into the net in the playoffs hyper right. that's not like mm, we need to look at how this is happening no that's just an unfortunate it happens accident yeah. but I mean <laughs> yeah these core muscle things especially it's like Casey he you know he has the the surgery he's having he had this um in the playoffs he had that surgery last season on the opposite side of his groin so Uh, it's like a repeated thing um this without he's making progress we talked about on here he's skate he's skating he's on the ice I've I've been going to yeah cranberry because I have nothing better to do just to see if anyone's skating (laughs) and he's um he's out there today I saw him taking shots for the first time but I mean he's out there he's doing a lot of work um uh and I know Casey said he's not expecting uh any like lasting problems because again he did have the groin surgery on the other side last year I don't know if this is like an overcompensation thing where you know sometimes injuries can cause injuries um yeah other sides just because that side of the body I, I don't know I'm not a doctor I'm sure Tina Murray knows um but yeah. like I, I so I don't know if that's related but you know stuff like uh I mean again how many guys have had core muscle issues you know Crosby uh did Jason right. Zucker was obviously hurt for most of the year um so I don't know if 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 Tina Murray if all she does is keep you know Jason Zucker healthy great hire because great you're probably hire. not gonna be able to move Jason Zucker I feel like that's gonna be pretty hard um so mm-hmm. but he just has to stay healthy um she can do that incredible yeah great hire very exciting 
There's also another pretty cool thing that's coming to Pittsburgh. You were talking about that three-on-three league. Give us a little bit more information on that because that's so fun. Yeah, so it's a new uh, summer league. It's not a summer, you know, like there's like the beauty league and the Jersey pro league where it's like NHL is trying to keep in shape for the summer. This is, this is different. This is its own kind of thing. Um, playing in the summer because there's a void for summer, uh, for hockey in the summer. Mm-hmm. Um, the league is called three ice. Uh, there are six teams. And so a lot of them, they are um, players who typically play in like the AHL or ECHL or overseas. Um some players are former NHLers who came out of retirement to play in this league, but it's uh, entirely three on three. And the teams, so it's not like um, different cities have their own teams. The six teams travel. Um, so they go to different cities. Opening, uh, last week was opening week. They had, a, um, they play like a series. So it was in Vegas. So the teams mm-hmm. play each other and then there's a championship game. So there's a championship in each city and um, a lot of Penguins connections. Um, I mean, it was found the commissioner of the league is Craig Patrick for Penguins champ Craig Patrick, um, Eddie Johnson and his son is running the league. Eddie Johnson is involved in the league, but I mean the six uh, teams, five of them um, or four of them, Four of them are former Penguins um, that are coaching. Love John it. LeClaire, Joe Mullen, Larry Murphy, and Brian Trottier are um, our coaches. The other coaches are uh, Carboneau and Grant Fear. Um, and then, I mean, the players that are, you know, former Penguins, uh, Jeff Tafe, but then also players who are coming out of retirement. Ryan Malone is playing in it. Ryan Malone, oh, yeah, that. he left the NHL in 2015. He did play... Uh, briefly leading up to um, uh, the last Olympics, trying to he played like seventeen games mm-hmm. for the Iowa Wild, trying to make the team. He didn't make it, but um, but he came out of retirement. And then uh, Bobby Farnham is is playing in this league, which is great. Amazing. I mean, so um, he's on Trottier's team. I can't remember who who Ryan Willem plays for. A couple of other you know guys who used to play for like Wilkes-Barre or, or Wheeling stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they so they come to Pittsburgh um, July twenty third. Um, so if you Google so three ice, the, the league name, you can look up. Um, you know, you, you just buy tickets for like the full day, and then all the teams they play, and they have their little championship game for Pittsburgh. Um, yeah, so it'll be you know really cool. Just I mean, nothing mm-hmm. but three on three. I I saw clips from the first, uh, you know, the first you know, day of games in Vegas. And it's like very fast paced. So a lot of goals scored. Um, Amazing. So really looking forward to that. I'm going to do a story talking to um, a couple of the Penguins connections about, uh, you know, just their involvement in the league and stuff like that. But um, yeah, it's uh, it's a cool cool summer hockey. Yeah, for sure. Fast paced, fun. It's going to be awesome. And it's coming to Pittsburgh. That's so exciting. Uh, I love that. Yeah, it'll be really cool. Very cool. Yeah, definitely. Well, thank you, everybody, as always, for listening to Podcast on Fifth Ave. We drop new episodes every Thursday, so make sure you're subscribed, whether it's on our YouTube channel or wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode. We will be back next week for another new episode.